Nothing Fancy Podcast. My name is Oscar, and today we have sketch artist, vlogger, comedian, Shelby Sloan. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing as good as it can be during this uh, <laughs> this uh, shit time. Um, right. So you're on YouTube. You're doing these uh, daily corona uh, quarantine vlogs. Like, What motivated yes. you to start that up? Well, I watch a lot of space documentaries, and they're always sitting in the spaceship, and they will talk about, I this is what I did today, and this is what I ate today, or I'm running out of food, right. and C- I Captain's thought it was so log. interesting. <laughs> yeah, like a literal vlog, and I was like, you know what, this is the first time in history that people have been quarantined in a mass way like this for a pandemic or an epidemic that we've actually had technology mm-hmm. so why not video blog my experience because i know a ton of people are going through it and if mm-hmm. it's something that people can learn from in the future then win-win right yeah and what, what's what do you think is the best thing or what do you found that is the best thing about doing these blogs every day i really am able to learn how to connect with an audience and just flesh out some of my characters. I really noticed that some of the characters that I have bringing the news don't have any concept of like how long they're going to be talking like in my brain. So the accents will get really wishy-washy and it's just a really nice growing experience for me. So it's a good and way I to get... flesh out those, uh, those new characters you want to try and play out. Yeah, exactly. So I get to learn so much about myself and how I actually deal with something that's stressful. <laughs> how do you come up with these characters or you just like start making weird voices, weird noises? Uh, yeah, that's how it started. <laughs> I did a video where my parents were buying a house and I we were looking through one of the houses and I just was baffled by it. So I tried to do a French accent, but it came out really bad. <laughs> And everyone was like, you sound like Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. So I just started messing with my voice. And that's how I got into comedy and started doing like Upright Citizens Brigade and Groundlings. So now I actually like form most of my characters in classes at Groundlings. And are you, are you still uh, doing all those things in L.A.? Because I remember when we met, we were you were in New York uh, and we met uh, working the Grammys. Uh, but you were starting up with the comedy sports, I think, at that time, about two, two three years ago now. Uh, are you still doing that in LA? Yeah, I actually was on Comedy Sports Dallas when I first started. And then I moved to Comedy Sports New York when mm-hmm. I was living out there. And when I moved to LA, I auditioned because obviously it's competitive and a little bit more high level talent than Dallas. No offense, because I love <laughs> all my people at Comedy Sports Dallas. But it was one of the things where they were like, well, you're not really the demographic we're looking for right now, which I totally understand. And so they just really didn't have space for me on the team, but they were like, keep coming back. And then I had a massive success at Groundlings. So I was like, well, I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> so uh, is, is, is sketch and stand up or the type of co- comedy you always want wanted to go for? Oh, absolutely. I remember I was I want to say it was 2014 and I was watching SNL for the first time because I was a very sheltered child mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like wow I really love this and then I ended up going on a trip to New York and I saw Rockefeller Center for the first time and I saw like filmed here Saturday Night Live and I started crying and I was like this is what I want to do with my life that's awesome that is that's, yeah. that's a fantastic way to <laughs> to get into it um do you have a favorite character voice that you like to do Definitely the character one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Danielle is definitely my favorite character, and she's on my video blogs because mm-hmm. she's so. Um, I based her off of 
David from Schitt's Creek. I don't watch Schitt's like, Creek. <laughs> where he's like, oh my God, Alexis, why are you doing that? And I just like based her off of that because my improv coach, it was Julian Gant at the time. He was like, you're not putting your characters in your body. And I was like, what are some weird physicalities I notice about people? And I noticed that Daniel Levy's character like does these weird hand movements. Mm-hmm. So I just based it off like the hand movements that he kind of does and like got into that. Yeah, you do a lot. Uh, or Your character does a lot of uh, the praying hands to the face, uh, like touching things like that like oh my god i'm doing it right now it's an audio medium so you really can't see it but (laughs) it's almost like voguing but only on your face (laughs) i'm sorry what was that oh sorry no i was doing the the hand gestures uh on my face like (laughs) it's it's almost like like touching your face a lot Uh, yeah um so i I know you're starting up uh your own production company uh dan martini yes Uh, what's that all about so I was in St. Thomas with my family and basically there was this whole issue with this cupcake martini because I'm really obsessed with them, like cupcakes, not martinis. And (laughs) I had never had one before. And I was like, what's a cupcake martini? And so my dad, we like the concealed carry laws are really different there. So we were able to like pick it up and um, then take it with us and I put it in like the fridge and I my dad had like later gone to make margaritas and didn't realize that that was the martini and dumped it in the margarita mix (laughs) (laughs) and so when I told him he was like well that damn martini (laughs) and I actually am an Al-Anon because I'm a friend or family member of an alcoholic and so alcoholism has actually really affected my life So Mm -hmm. I was like, well, what better way to show the world, like my views on alcoholism and start, I really want some of the profits from Dan Martini to actually go to rehabilitation centers, getting more of the word out about how alcoholism actually affects families. So I was like, it's perfect to name my production company after a martini. And like after that story, because it became such a huge inside joke in my family. Mm -hmm. And also like the last shot of the day on a film set is called a martini. So I was like, it's just so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It works out. Are there any projects that are coming up with it? Yeah, I actually kind of on the DL. My mom is a video blogger as well, but she gets into this character called Aunt Sharon. And she tells improvised stories to children so that we can help them get through the quarantine. Cause I know they're all with their parents right now and the parents might be getting frustrated. Mm-hmm. And she always told me these like Jake and Sally stories growing up. So she improvises them with three words that the audience gives her. So we're technically producing that, but it's kind of on the DL cause I don't want curse words for the children. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously my production company's name has a curse word in it. Right. You don't want but to influence them I'm, to edit at that early of an age. <laughs> right. But I'm most excited about what we're actually starting Monday and it's a launch for, the new sketch and just all around comedy variety show called pause for laughter. And I will be having five to six of my comedic friends come on and do live streams from their house via zoom of five minutes of stand up or improv or sketch or comedic songs, whatever they want. I just really want to showcase comedians and it's a big force of, I want to showcase like women in comedy and 
people who have like dark pasts like my own or have deep seated issues with alcoholism and things like that. Mm -hmm. I even have reached out to some comedian comedians who were formerly alcoholics. So I'm not going to, you know, say their names because it's anonymous, but Mm -hmm. there is set up for them to come on the show. So definitely I just wanted to be a vehicle for comedians who I think, and the rest of the world who knows them thinks that they should be a lot bigger than they actually are. And I want to be able to help launch their careers to where they should be. That is an awesome project. Is there anyone that that has helped you launch your career or or helped you motivate you uh, to keep up like this? Wow. That's a great question. (laughs) So I have a, the improviser coach that I actually talked about, Julian was just so motivating in the way he taught at the ground links. I would highly recommend anyone at ground links to go and learn from Julian Gant because he's just an incredible improviser and he really inspired me to expand on my knowledge of everything. And he was always saying, you get out of this, what you put in. And I just always remember that. And also drew Talbert, who was my basic improv teacher. He's just such a funny dude. And he's always putting up crazy characters online. (laughs) I would really just say like the groundlings in general, Mm. um, like Patty Guggenheim is doing a ton of hilarious Instagram stories right now. Chloe Feynman just got on SNL. There is an amazing Sunday company performer named Ashley Padilla. So I would just say really that community there. I could literally list everybody who's been on the crowning stage as somebody that has motivated me. But Julian was definitely the first one that stood out because he was my favorite teacher. That's awesome. Do you, can you remember a show that is, or, or a sketch specifically that is always like always lingering in your brain? You're always going back to it. It always makes you laugh. I, uh, a sketch that always makes me laugh. Um, the- there was this one that Ashley Padilla did. Uh, on the groundlings stage and she this girl had like gone home for a family death and she was out of work for a couple of weeks and when she came back she was like I brought everyone a treat and <laughs> it looked like a pink donut box and so Ashley Padilla's character got really excited and was like oh I'm gonna, I'm gonna go like get one and they were broccoli kebabs just like raw broccoli on a skewer (laughs) and throughout the sketch she just slowly got more and more furious with it (laughs) until at the end she was just screaming at everyone in the office about how ridiculous it was they were broccoli kebabs and not donuts (laughs) (laughs) and I fell in love with her right there like I want Ashley Padilla to have whatever she wants in life because she's just amazing (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny have your have your parents been I know you talked about how how your mom does uh her story time uh um shows uh, have your parents always been like, like motivators for you uh in in your comedy or, or supporters of you in comedy absolutely my dad is definitely where i get comedic chops from because mm-hmm. he is the most dad jokey dad that ever lived <laughs> and my mom my dad was on the road a lot when i grew up so my mom was insanely dedicated to driving me to acting classes and doing tons of research for me and being a huge stage mom which was awesome and they've always been very, I'm so proud of you, even at tiny, tiny successes. And my mom especially has always been a huge cheerleader for that. And my dad was always a little skeptical. He's like, I don't know, I want you to kind of have a business degree, but I'm never going to limit your dreams. And now that he's seeing more successes happen, he's like, well, I'm really glad that you didn't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Hey, Oscar here for a quick break. I hope you're enjoying my chat with Shelby. She's a super funny and creative comedian, and I was very, very happy to be able to catch up with her after such a long time. Uh, remember to follow her on Instagram at the Shelby Sloan and on YouTube. And of course, her new production company, Dan Martini. All those links will be in the show notes. She put out a few episodes of her new blah, blah, blah variety show since we recorded this conversation. And she's constantly putting out new parodies and sketches. So do yourself a favor and check her out. She recently put out a sketch about Karens and who they are and why they are. And it's pretty funny. So make sure to check that out. As always, make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast and leave us a quick review if you got a minute. That would be awesome. I'm working on a bunch of different ideas for new episodes. So I'm excited to share those once they get rolling. But until then, enjoy the rest of my chat with Shelby. Remember to love each other and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Uh, well, let's let's talk about your move to to New York and then to LA. How, uh, how how did you decide first to move to New York? I mean, I know you you when you first visited and you saw um, SNL and Rockefeller uh, Plaza, you, you you were excited and you, you said that was your goal. But how did you decide to make that leap from Texas to New York? So I actually got a job with Spike Television working for Ink Master. So I never in a million years wanted to live in New York. I was like, if I get a job on SNL, I'll go. But I was like, absolutely not. And then one of my friends got me a job with Ink Master. And I just, I was like, you know, this is the biggest job opportunity I've ever gotten in the industry. And I'm not going to let that go to waste. So I just took it. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, so how long were were you in New York? So I was actually in New York only a year, almost to the day, because I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? It was too cold for you? Was it? Yeah, it was way too, too cold. <laughs> I missed. No, I missed the people. Actually, yeah. the people were awesome. The industry was so great. I had so many people cheerleading me along, and also being like, "Oh, you need a job? I got you. Oh, you need this job? I got you. Let me get you on this show." And I went from Ink Master to Gotham to Iron Fist, to working on Motherless Brooklyn with Edward Norton and getting to work with like Bill Skarsgård on Villains and Micah Monroe and Kira Sedgwick. And it was just an insane experience. It was so awesome. I miss those times sometimes, but it was also the other side of the coin was I'm working an overnight on Motherless Brooklyn for Edward Norton. And I'm like, this is the coolest experience ever. However, I'm literally standing in the snow during a nor'easter freezing (laughs) and I can't handle it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm from Texas, so I was like, no. <laughs> I thought just being in the overnight would be tough, but just the fact that there's snow on the ground too, and nah, that doesn't help, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you remember that nor'easter that happened in January, like right before the Grammys that we met on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> that shit was tough. Uh, I, that, was a, that was a really cold winter. I, that, that year I worked uh, Thanksgiving Day, uh, and, and uh, I was up... It, in the uh on stage you know when they do the scaffolding and they're two floors up i was on stage as the uh, pa up up there and i had everything i could to be bundled up i had long johns i had sweats i had jeans on i had two three jackets on two scarves on hand warmers up the ass i just i I needed everything to keep warm because it was so cold that day i think it was like negative eight uh with wind oh chill. my god yeah it was bad it was really bad uh wow <laughs> but then so from new york you you moved out to la and what what was that decision like how why did you decide to up so, and go over there 
so that's actually funny. I was still with comedy sports at the time and uh, I missed that like crazy. And I had gone out for this thing they do every year called the championship where all of the teams send out like five to seven players. One team sent out like 14 one time. It was really awesome. And we all like compete against each other and it's all in good fun. Like it's arbitrary, mm-hmm. but it's a great way to get the city that is hosting the championship, more viewership because they're telling all of the people around, Hey, we're holding this big week long comedy from, of, um, like comedy festival with comedians from all over the world because we do have a global base as far as comedy sports goes. So we were getting people from like Manchester and Berlin and stuff to come out. And I was in San Jose that year. And I said, actually, I think that was the LA year. That was the LA year. The year before that was San Jose. And then I ended up somehow in New York. And I was like, what's my life? (laughs) And so they were holding it in LA and I had actually gotten offered by the Joe Lewis company that does the Grammys to work the BET awards because they were like, mm-hmm. you're coming to LA. And I was like, yeah, because I was really in talks with like Aaron Pardue and Eric, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah. And they were like, come work the BET awards. So I just stayed the week after to work the awards. And when I got back to New York, I was like, I miss LA so bad. I have to figure out how to get out there. So I talked to Eric and Jimmy and they were like, yeah, you can come work the American Music Awards. So I booked that one week of work and decided to pack up my whole life and move and just figure it out. But I really only had like one week of work. And the whole time I was working the AMAs, I was like sleeping on an air mattress at, a, at an Airbnb. Like it was like so crazy, like trying to get an apartment. It was a mess, but I think it was in. worth it. You're putting the hustle yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome though. I'm, I'm glad you got, you kept up with Eric and him. Um, I, I've actually. Oh yeah, we still talk. They're awesome. Yeah, I, I've met a few stagehands that have, that were working the same day that we were there. We just, I just never crossed paths with them, and now I'm their boss. And it was just very strange to for them. They were like, "You worked that?" And I was like, "Hell yeah, dude!" Oh my gosh, yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, so, what are your goals now? I know you obviously you have Dan Martini, and you're working that up now. So, but uh, quarantine's going to finish at some point. What is your goal yes. after that? So quarantine actually put a lot in perspective for me because I was doing a lot of parody songs and on my YouTube and writing sketches and doing groundlings and also taking like PA jobs. So I was working like live events. Like I got to do the Oscars and the kids choice awards. And I was like, what am I doing in my life? I like feel like I don't have a direction anymore. And so the quarantine actually totally sucks, but it was good for me in a way because I was like, well, I really want my entire life to be focused on comedy. So how can I be the best I can possibly be at comedy and still use all these skills that I've learned? So I'm really just going full force into that. And I'm also, you know, we have no idea how long this is going to go. We don't know if they're going to let us out and everybody goes back to life and there's going to be a second wave. So we really have to prepare for anything. So I've actually gotten into a lot of voiceover training because a couple of months before this happened, I got asked by a good friend of mine. His name is Jack McCafferty, and you should check out his web series, Clowns in Heck. I'm just going to plug all my friends. Oh, plug everything. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually asked me to voice one of the characters, and she's a nine-year-old ghost. So I got to do this little baby voice, and it was just so fun. So I've actually been 
doing a lot of work on figuring out the world of voiceover so that I can work from home should we be in this situation again. And it's also going to help me build my characters because Mm -hmm. sometimes you got to do a weird voice, especially if you're doing animation. So I'm doing a lot of like character work right now and just going full force into anything that is character acting. So improv sketch, stand up and voiceover. That's awesome. Uh Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have i have friends uh who are actors who are, are doing or or trying to get their their voice reels i guess uh yeah. up and running because there's you can't go to an audition <laughs> you can't you can't go anywhere you have to stay in in your in your apartments or homes and just and try to do the best you can from there um yeah and uh I, some of them are, are now learning uh audio which I'm very happy about as a techie. So, oh, that's awesome. You know, yeah, I guess this this that bring out you know people to to do different things with with their with their jobs. Yeah, I think it's bringing out a lot of creativity and mm-hmm. innovation, and I think it's also like flattening the curve of talent. And so here, go with me for a second. My whole thought process on it is that people who never had the grit to stay in the industry in the first place are going to get weeded out through this, which sounds so mean, but everybody's always like, the entertainment industry has so much competition. And so I'm like, well, maybe, you know, casting directors will pay a little more attention to us because everybody coming in the room is fire talent as opposed to the jokers who have no business doing this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's an issue is tough either way, you know? So. Oh, yeah. And so I'm just I'm just hoping it's going to mean that all the cream of the crop, like, rises to the top and we have just amazing talent pools. And I'm just trying to look at it from this is going to be awesome. That, that, that's a that's a very it's it sounds like an, a, a negative uh, perspective, but I feel like it's a very positive perspective. Yeah. I'm trying to make it a positive perspective because I, I genuinely do feel for people when they it's just one of those things where it's not going to happen and I get it like the dream when you have a dream like that it's so terrible to be soul crushed and you should never tell anybody that their dreams aren't possible because I don't believe that's true at all Mm. but at the same time it's like you know maybe your life purpose just isn't this and you just haven't found your purpose yet or maybe you're in it for the wrong reasons and you just don't realize that it's your dream and so I'm hoping that everybody just like if they are in this for the wrong reasons it's one of those things where this is something that shows them it's too hard you're in it for the wrong reasons go do what you're actually meant for in life because there's a purpose for you and you're a beautiful human so go do that mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i'm trying to it's not really like that negative i feel because <laughs> i do <laughs> i do want everybody to get their dreams i just feel like some people do get off track because it looks pretty on the outside i, I feel like our industry looks oh, yeah. so famous and glamorous mm-hmm. and everybody wants it and it's really like this is hard work like mm-hmm. i never in a million years knew how hard it was gonna be so mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot that goes on in the background uh, that yeah. people don't see uh, when they when they see the final product. Yeah, it's long oh, yeah. long hours, <laughs> stressful days, you know, it, oh. it, and it doesn't finish after you're done with, with project A. You're gonna go right back into project B. You know? Yeah, exactly. And like Dan Martini becoming a thing, and actually, you know, the logo will evolve because I want like a real graphic designer to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just things like that and me actually getting it LLC'd and getting it up and running has been a dream of mine that I've been trying to figure out how to accomplish for seven years. And it's just now coming to fruition. So it's like that's the, all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people don't know about that I didn't even know about. I was like, oh, I'm going to go be an actor. It'll be easy. No. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a lot of work, but I'm so grateful for it. Cause I see tapes of when my first year of acting and I'm like, girl, you are a mess. <laughs> hey, you, 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 you've worked on it now. So, you know, you've got, you got some years under your belt. So going back to your vlog, there was, there was this one uh, thing you talked about where you, uh, when you were trying to keep it up and positive and saying like, this is one of the greatest things that could happen to us. You know, it's, it's a very beautiful moment uh, where we can come out of this changed and everything can be different for the better. Uh, and then you said, I can move to a different country if I really wanted to, I can up and root myself and then, you know, make, make myself home in a different place. So where would you go? What different country would you go? Ooh, I've actually thought about this a lot because there's so much happening in politics right now that sometimes I just want to cry. (laughs) And (laughs) like, I I definitely don't want to like go politically right now, but it's just, I feel, I feel like we all can resonate with wanting to cry sometimes. All the time. (laughs) Um, And I've really just been looking at like film industries. So I know that there's good opportunities in Rome and Paris and Vancouver. So those are really like the biggest ones I'm looking at right now. And I probably would do Canada first Mm -hmm. and just try to figure out how to handle the cold. But I was like, well, maybe I can go to Canada and start learning French because they speak both. And then, you know, if I'm really like good at French, I can go to France. (laughs) (laughs) See, there you go. Making plans, making moves. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, my roommate and I have been watching more Canadian TV shows because we're so bored of, of the U.S. TV. Um, oh, wow. I love that. And we're, we've decided that the, the first weekend that this is all over, we're going to Montreal. Uh, oh my gosh, just, yes. Just, just for the weekend and just to hang out and, and see all the, all, the, all the buildings that we see during, on TV in real life. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, when I went to Toronto, it was one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Yeah, I've I've I mean, never been to Canada at all, but it, it, oh, it's awesome! I yeah. love it. <laughs> uh, uh, I honestly, if I had it my way, I would move to Dublin, Ireland, because that's my favorite, my favorite international travel destination I've ever been. And I was like, I want to live here so bad, but it's just the industry would be kind of hard there. So mm. I'm like, well, maybe if I'm at a really defined place where people are comfortable with i gotta fly in to shoot this and you gotta pay my for my hotel <laughs> then maybe i can do that but right now i'm definitely not at that place where anybody's gonna be like yeah we'll shell out the money for that so one day one right. day <laughs> yeah yeah yet my favorite uh place ever in the world is london uh i think it's a calmer new york i think it's it's it, it's the people there are much kinder, but still, you know, fast paced. It's, I, I think it's such a, a beautiful, beautiful city. Yeah. I haven't been, but my parents said the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm glad you're, you're okay. Uh, I'm glad you're uh, healthy and safe and I'm glad you're, you're moving on with projects that, uh, that are were your dreams, you know? Yeah, it was hard. It was a really hard decision. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like, I really want to give up on this. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot of perseverance in this industry just to stay, stay motivated. Yeah. And it also takes a long time to actually start creating stuff you think is good. Because mm-hmm. I made a lot of stuff the world will never see because it was so <laughs> trash. <laughs> well, maybe one day everyone will see it anyway. <laughs> Well, Shelby, thank you so much for coming on and thank you for having a conversation with me. Yeah, thank you. And I'm glad you're safe too. I know New York got hit hard, so I'm glad you're doing good. Thanks. Yeah, it's been intense, but we're all here. We're all trying to keep hope alive. 
Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for chatting. This is really great. Thank you.